What's going on, guys? This is Tim Daniel of 48 Minutes. Uh, I know you're tuning into this edition of At Large Bid. So when you listen to it, it might be a little wonky. Uh, we recorded all of these separately, so we put all four teams together. We meant to get these out as a weekly show, and it ended up not working out as well as we wanted to. But in this episode, you will hear us pick for the Hornets, the Bulls, the Cavs, and the Hawks. Uh, trying to get us caught up a little bit before the draft here in three weeks, and especially with the college basketball season starting. So these are our picks. And we'll be putting this up on our Twitter account, our website, and everything so you guys can follow along as well and see how wrong we are when it comes to draft day. So without further ado, here's the next four picks of draft by At Large Bid. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's edition of At Large Bid, as we are continuing our mini-series of small, uh, shorter episodes, getting you ready for the NBA draft. Uh, for those who are tuning in for the first time on our Facebook page, this is our college basketball show here on the network, where Taylor Burke, Feld, and I normally talk college hoops, but uh, right now we're kind of getting everyone ready since we know November 18th. We finally have a date for the NBA draft, and tonight we're going to be talking the Hornets. Hey. And if you're watching our stream, we're also going to be talking the Bulls. Um, so really pumped about getting into those, uh, before we do though, man, let's touch on it real quick. We officially know November 25th college basketball is back. I see that. I'm excited. Um, a lot of speculations on, I mean, it's nice to see that they're rescheduling a lot of the preseason tournaments, whether that's like the battle for the Bahamas or the Maui, um, they're trying to figure out how to a play those and B. you know, I'm, I'm hoping we don't get a, like a. I mean, actually, I would just be happy to get anything, honestly. But Same. the uh, a conference only schedule would kind of stink. Um, I like I'd like to see. I'm glad that they're doing the preseason tournaments and stuff. But I mean, I'll take what I can get there. Um, so I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Um, so if you're kind of keeping up, uh, this is where we're at so far in the draft. Uh, we've done the first two teams. So with Minnesota, we both took Anthony Edwards, and with Golden State, we both take James, took James Wiseman. Which takes us now to the Charlotte Hornets, a team that, you know what? Honestly, when I look at their roster, I like this team. I think they have talent, but I just don't think they have, like, the guy. And Devontae Graham obviously took this huge step this year. I honestly never even thought Devontae Graham would play in the NBA, and let alone, like, be a most improved player candidate. Devontae Graham is playing how I thought Malik Monk would play. <laughs> Same. Yeah, I was like, like, it's like they would switch roles. Yeah, I love that. Like, I love when Monk went to the Hornets. I was like, oh, it's a great fit. You get a guy that can score, like, be a primary ball handler, can score, can dish it, can play off the ball. Um, you know, and he hasn't really panned out the way probably Hornets fans or Kentucky fans or everybody's kind of thought or wanted him to. Um, but, yeah, Devontae Graham's been phenomenal. Um, P.J. Washington was a great pick. I think opening night he had, like, seven threes. I remember, like, watching – I think I was at your house watching that game. He was just – yeah. they played the Bulls. Yeah. Yeah, I remember watching that. Like, they just – he was going off. I'm like, what the heck? But, yeah, they're, they're like, a few pieces away. Um, I mean, Eastern Conference is up and down all year. I mean, I think that mm -hmm. they're building a foundation. Um, Mitch and Michael, whew, just hopefully they get this one right. I, I don't think it's hard to get this one right, but I think they'll yeah. find a way. Yeah, exactly. Um, there is kind of, you know, obviously right now a lot of discussions for those top two picks is trading down. And the Hornets apparently are one of those teams that's interested in moving up, and so are the Bulls. So that makes this even more interesting. Um, I know the Bulls like basically love LaMelo Ball, and they want to get him really bad. So I'd imagine the Hornets are there too. Um, when you look at this team, 
you know, one of the things that's kind of really handcuffed them to is a lot of bad contracts and the guys necessarily didn't pan out. Michael Kidd Gilchrist is now gone. Um, that Nicholas Batum contract is still killing them. Uh, that Bismack Biombo contract is still not good, but those are going away soon. So uh, this is a team that kind of is trying to put this young talent together and kind of be like a young, fun team. And like you mentioned, PJ Washington was spectacular. He had a really good rookie season. Uh, I don't remember if he made all rookie. I need to look again. I don't think um, he did. I don't think he's on the first team. Yeah, because Kobe White made second team. I remember that. And then um, Miles Bridges has been, you know, had a really nice jump his second year. Yeah, he had um, a tough I, first year. Yeah, obviously like a really good dunker and very <laughs> athletic. But when you look at this team, I think the one thing they're missing, because to me, Devontae Graham's more of a two, you know, that, yep. that catch and shoot kind of guy, that spot up shooter. Uh, I think, you know, that just getting that facilitator would be huge for this team. And I think that's why really easy it's to say that if this draft went the way we have it so far, it's got to be LaMelo Ball. Uh, Like you said, it's very hard to mess this one up. Um, But I think LaMelo could be a really good leader for this team as far as getting these guys open shots. His passing ability, there's no one in this draft that passes the ball better than him. Uh, Shooting is definitely a big concern, obviously, as we saw in his uh, numbers overseas. But I don't necessarily worry about that being a huge part of his game. if people think it's Lonzo Ball too, it's the polar opposite, where Lonzo is his excellent defender and LaMelo is not. And uh, LaMelo is more of a slashing scorer where Lonzo is more of a facilitator, where LaMelo can definitely pass the ball. But... I, uh, to the, the defense point, like, I'm not going to judge you. Like, right, Lonzo was, like, nails in high school, nails in college. He'd lock you down, you know, the whole court. Um, but LaMelo, like – I don't, I don't know how much defense he's playing in the Australian league and like sure. high school. He didn't play AAU didn't play. Like he'd be just pulling up half court. Like he averaged 1.8 steals in the Australian league. Like I, yeah. Is he going to be a lockdown defender? Probably not, but he will, I will bet my life. He's better than Lonzo, like overall player. I think so too. I think he's a much yeah. better I think prospect. Bet, like overall. Um, yes. Yeah. The fact he's coming in, he's already like six, six. He's just, he finishes through like, he just, he contact he gets hit he can like midair he can shift he can fit like in the air he makes good decisions like you know obviously as a point guard you don't you don't want your point guard in the air trying to pass out of things but he somehow makes them work or he's a good he can face through contact um his outside shots fine a lot better than his brother um but well i mean i'm with you it's he's a playmaker he fits the mold Devontae can play off of him um it's a guy that day one you bring in let the offense you let him learn i I don't understand when teams draft point guards and don't let them work through the struggle. Right. I know it's the NBA and you're not going to try to overwhelm them at the beginning, but like uh, putting them on a minute restriction or having veterans in front of them that play majority of minutes, especially on a bad team. Like I get if he went to a playoff contender team, you want to ease him in, but a team that you're looking to hand the keys over to the franchise, like you let him have his mistakes when he's young. That way when he progresses from that rookie to sophomore jump that like Miles Bridges took or a lot of other players take. Yeah, De'Aaron Fox is like a perfect example of that. Just that jump he made from year one to year two. Um, yeah, and we didn't even mention Terry Rozier is still there, obviously. So <laughs> maybe this is a situation with James Borrego where he can kind of run that like three-guard system that OKC ran with those guys. Um, I don't necessarily love Terry Rozier. I do think he is a NBA-worthy player. Um, but I don't know if that's the point guard of the future for me by any means as the Hornets paid him this last offseason. Right. I mean, it's, it's one of those – he had a great playoff series. Boston's <laughs> like – Good luck, man. Like, best of Thanks. luck. And, yeah, yeah. Hornets, you have to take a flyer on that like that. I mean, I get it. Especially because you lost Kemba. Yeah. Right. It's tough. It's just like, whew, like, 
but I hope what happens is I hope what doesn't happen will happen with Kimba. Like you don't draft a point guard and then just put nothing around him. When you, if you draft Lamelo and you don't build a team around him, in six years you're gonna lose him. Like yeah, so. Especially you're getting these, you know, you're, you're bringing back a, like a newer style, the classic Hornets uniforms that we've all wanted forever. So the Hornets are really kind of leaning into that nostalgic feel that everyone wants. I mean, we all had the, we all had the starters jackets and I'm a little older than you. Um, we all, I had the grandma Ma jersey. I still have a grandma Ma homage t-shirt. I have a Muggsy jersey. Shout out my dad. Oh, he got me that oh yeah? Kid. yeah. Nice. Yeah. One of those, like I wore in high school, like we had jersey night for, you know, numerous yeah. games. I remember my dad had one of those and I was like, oh yeah, this is fire. Like I was like a sophomore. <laughs> I was like, I knew this was, that was a nice jersey. Yeah. So. It's just one of the best ones. And then they also are the second pick in the second round that pick 32. Um, we'll get to that actually. Let's kind of talk about some guys who potentially could also fit this role for the Hornets. Uh, one guy I really like, I can see the Hornets if you know this situation. I know I'm higher on him than most, and I think we've already talked about it in a couple episodes, is uh, Devin Vassell. Like, I don't really see an issue with him going top four in this draft. Do I think he will? No, but we're talking about it. maybe the best two-way wing in this, game, in this draft. I know a lot of people like Isaac Okoro. I'm not so high on Okoro just because I don't think, know if the offense is ever going to be there. But Vassell has shown the ability to score. He's shown the ability to like, hold onto the ball. He can, you know, he's so lengthy. And I think he would be a really good fit if the Hornets wanted to go that route as well. Let's say Lamelo's off the board in this circumstance, or like there's a trade that happens. I like I like that too, and I like Tyrese Halliburton from Iowa State. Like if Love if, if somebody trades up and takes if or if the Bulls trade up and take Lamelo, and you're the Hornets, and you're like, and you can trade down a couple picks because I think you can like go lower in the drafts and also like maybe get some assets as well as Halliburton. Like he's not Lamelo, but he's damn near. I mean, pretty damn so good. Yeah, six five, six six guard that kind of ran the show it on a bad Iowa State team, like a really bad team. He still averaged like almost triple double every night. Um, scoring's not going to be there initially, but when you got Devontae Graham, you got Miles Bridges, you got PJ, you can run the offense through other people and let him kind of like find his own niche, whenever, like whether wherever that be. So I like him. And then one other person, like I could see. Um, Aaron Naismith from Vanderbilt. He's just a shooter. I mean, you can, if you want to go, he's the shooter in this if you, Yeah, if you want to get another score, you put him with Devontae Graham, let Devontae run the point, and you let him come be in your two or three that could just knock down shots at unconsciously. So, yeah, any of those three, but I, I mean, I, I really think Lamelo's a solid pick. Other than that, the only way I see them getting the two guys I just mentioned is if they trade down a little bit, if, if a right. team jumps up and gets them. So, yeah, I agree. Um, 32 is kind of like an open book as well, just because there are there's a lot of talent there. I'll tell you who I really like in this situation. I think you may have put him on a team already. If I go back and listen, is uh, Yudoka Azabuki from Kansas. Um, I really think that they can kind of build that big man to go with those wings they have as like a nice piece. But I also really love the idea idea of Xavier Tillman playing for this team. So yeah, he's a small center. He's six nine. Um, but and he's going to be about 22 at the point. That's why he's in this area. But you're talking about a guy who can clean the board, who eats glass. This is your guy. You're talking about a center who can pass the ball. We're seeing how important that is right now with the Nuggets with Nikola Jokic. He has that skill set. So right. for me, if I'm the Hornets at 32, and let's say I do get Lamella Ball at three, I am doing what I can to get Xavier Tillman at 40. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm with I'm with you there. Um, uh, I like. Zeke Naji as well, uh, the bouquet, Xavier Tillman. I mean, like you said, everything you mentioned before, Xavier Tillman is just like a veteran. Yeah. It's, it's crazy that you would take a 6'7 point guard and a 6'9 center, but like, and they're totally two different players. But like, Tillman would be a guy that you can come in and, I mean, 
he's got the veteran body. He can understand, he understands how to play. He played at Michigan State um, under Izzo and stuff. It, it's just – I think he'd be a perfect fit in the shoe-in as well. Um, another guy that can kind of just hold the anchor down, score if he has to. And like you said, he can facilitate to his teammates. So, he's a very smart player, which I think in the second round, it's not always about like – Sometimes you can get a raw talent or sometimes you can get a, a high bid on a, an older player because some teams are afraid to reach there. So, Yeah, and I think, too, like a lot of people kind of look at the second round like it's, it, it's, it is iffy for sure. Yeah. Um, but this year I think it's kind of going to be a really good second round because I think there's a lot of role players. I think there's a lot of guys who can fit into spots for your squad. And I think that Tillman fits that, that role really well for the Hornets. You know, moving on from Biombo, moving on from Cody Zeller. Uh, I know how much that bothers you to say that, but um, – you know, just it's not, it's not Tyler. It's not Tyler. Cody, Cody died to me when he didn't pick Carolina. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes, I know. Um, but I thought those, I think those two are really good picks for them as well. Um, I don't know if, you know, what, it, how that will shake out, but I like those two fits for the Hornets. So I will go ahead and say that, yeah, at three, I'll take LaMelo ball for them. And at 32, I will take Xavier Tillman. Okay. I'll go three LaMelo and then 32, um, Zeke Naji or a Xavier Tillman or uh, kind of those two, or Yudoka Azubuki, one of those two. Um, one of those three, sorry. But I definitely think a point guard and another big man to kind of replace what they're losing in free agency. So, Yeah, I, I certainly agree with that. All right, so that's going to wrap this first part. Like I said, if you are watching our Facebook stream, we're about to do our Bulls episode. Um, so we're going to take a quick minute here. And if you are listening along, the next bit will be our Bulls episode. So one way or another, we're going to get to that, but we're going to take a quick break. And uh, all right, we'll see you guys for the next episode. Peace. All right, everybody. So thank you all for tuning in for the second bit of our episodes today. Uh, we're now talking my beloved Chicago Bulls. And obviously now Taylor, who was like, I don't want to be a Laker fan because for the second bit of- everyone is rooting for the Lakers now. Um, he said that he wanted to be a Bulls fan. So I said, welcome to the pain that is rooting for the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, it's, it's it's really awful. Uh, right. It was good for a decade, and that was it. I was um, four, five, six. So yeah, missed that. Yeah. yeah. So, but now now it sucks. It sucks a lot. But hey, for once, the draft worked in their favor. They are not picking seventh. Um, this is a team that has a lot of talent. So, you know, obviously, you being a North Carolina fan, you love Kobe White. I love Kobe White. I was so happy when the Bulls got him last year in the draft. Uh, they have Zach Levine, who has so much upside and so much potential to be a great NBA player. I saw recently Kevin Durant said he has superstar potential. I'm not that high on him, but I do like his game a lot. Uh, Laurie Markkinen, I think, would be really good on any other team but the Bulls. Uh, I think if he was traded and got one somewhere where he could just kind of like pick and pop, like, a, I don't know, like if he played for the Lakers and he just sat there and waited for the, the ball from LeBron, excellent. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, Wendell Carter, who. Whoever this next Bulls coach is, I hope they know what to do with them because Jim Boylan had no clue what to do with him. So this is a team that has a lot of interesting prospects and upside and players. And really what I think this team needs the most is just, um, like we kind of mentioned with the Hornets, is a guy that can facilitate for them, a guy who can get people open and make plays, just an ultimate playmaker. So for me, I think that situation is Killian Hayes. I think he's perfect for what the Bulls need. Is he a really good shooter? No. No, he is not. But we're talking about a guy who a kid who's really young. Um, you know, he's so good at passing the ball. He's such a re- he's a really good man to man defender. He's got a good pickpocket skill set. Um, Killian Hayes for me at four is where I would lean. What about you? Um 
I like him. I kind of like Obi Toppin as well. Um, kind of just fits. I know it's like obviously facilitating is what you need because Kobe's a very good like catch and shoot guy. He comes off screens. Um, Zach Levine as well. Um, but I think another athlete like Obi Toppin, obviously a little bit older, um, didn't get to showcase the stuff in the tournament, but he was player of the year by yeah. far. In my like, I mean, obviously he was, but by far to me. Um, I like him. I, I do like Killian because you can kind of bring him in and you, you can start right away and you put the Kobe at the two, Zach at the three, kind of go a bit smaller. Um, but I think like everything you said, Killian Hayes' ability to score kind of worries me a little bit just because how many times, like, I don't know if you draft a pass first point guard at four, like, uh, you know what I mean? It's just tough. Um, Obi would be fine just because he can come in and instantly be a playmaker, starting three, starting four. Um, you kind of, you know, bring up, it, you know, a lineup of Kobe, Zach, Obi, Lori, Mark, and then Wendell could be exciting. Um, he's showing that he can play defense really well. He's athletic. Um, he can get out on the break and run, throw down some nasty dunks. So I think any of those two picks would be fine. Um, but I, I do like the idea of a pass first point guard. It's just maybe if you trade down and take them, <laughs> might be a better idea. I just don't, I don't love taking somebody at four that you're not going to like fully like get the most from him compared to somebody else. That's fair. I do, I do definitely understand that point because I know a lot of people keep like, putting like Denny Avija here and I don't know if I just don't see it but I don't love Denny Avija's game I've watched a little bit of tape I've tried to watch like you know three or four games and like he just doesn't jump out to me it's like you know people are like well he's you know I've seen people like it could be like Luka Doncic like this kid is nowhere near Luka Doncic not to say he couldn't be a good role player in the NBA but I don't know if I want to take him at four uh, that's why I kind of leaned that Killian Hayes. You kind of mentioned uh, on the last episode with the Hornets, Tyrese Halliburton. That's a guy I like for the Bulls. If right. you know, they, let's say they did trade down, um, or you know if they do trade up and get Lamella Ball. So I think that's kind of a good situation for them. Um, I'm all for moving Kobe White strictly to the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, that catch and shoot, off the dribble kind of guy who kind of has that mix and match ability. We saw really in that second half post All Star break, he really came on. Uh, ended up being second team All Rookie. The fact he didn't make the Futures game just blew my mind because I thought he really deserved to be there. And he even mentioned how much that bothered him that he wasn't invited because it was in Chicago. And I think Wendell Carter was invited and was hurt, so couldn't play. So for me, this is moving on from Tomas Sadoransky. This is moving on from Chris Dunn. Um, this is just kind of getting that next point guard for the Bulls' future. They really haven't had one to be excited about since Derrick Rose. Um you know, so I think that that's where I really like Killian Hayes, um, you know, or Halliburton, you know, I could really see a situation there. Also, I know I just mentioned him for as a potential for the Hornets last week. I would love Devin Vassell on the Bulls. I know that he's kind of become my favorite draft prospect if, if you listen to these episodes, but everything I said last week, two-way ability, scoring skill set, really good defenser, defensive player, very lengthy, um, kind of fits exactly what the Bulls need on the defensive side of the ball. I, I agree. I mean, it kind of fits the Obi Toppin mold as well. Um, it's a two-three. He's a long, athletic player that can get out and run. Very good defensively. I'm um, probably a little bit better defensively than Obi. Um, but I just, I, I mean, history shows me like, yeah, for the Lucas, every Luca, there's multiple players that don't pan out. I just like, I'll take a player that's proven it in college on a competitively the ACC or like Obi Toppin did at Dayton over an international player. Like, doesn't always mean I'm right. Doesn't mean I'm wrong. It's just. I like, like sometimes you get to those leagues over there and it's like, man, like he averaged six, for a guy that struggles to score averaging 16.8 over there is going to be it's a tough sub. It doesn't translate well. So, yeah, I completely agree with you on that. And it would be very honestly, I would be very upset if they took Denny Abija. Like yeah. they better 
like see something that we haven't seen on tape in that case. Hidden tape. Uh, yeah, exactly. So they also have pick 44 in the second round. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is from the Memphis Grizzlies in the Justin Holiday trade. And this one was kind of easy for me. Um, let's say that this works out in the situation like I have where they take Killian Hayes. This is Skylar Mays all over the book for me. This is, you know, 6'4". You're looking for a guy who's going to be able to shoot the three. Skylar Mays can do that. Um, you're looking for a guy that shoots really well from the free throw line. That's Skylar Mays. Am I really drafting this guy for defense in the second round? No, not one bit. This is a strictly getting a guy that can help my bench score. And I think Skylar Mays is excellent there. And another name I really like as a possibility there as well. Um, I don't really necessarily think big man because they just got Daniel Gafford last year. I ended up kind of being pretty nice for them um, is Malachi Flynn. If right. you know, I know Malachi Flynn is really registering a lot for people as a one. I could really see him being a combo guard, kind of like a poor man's Kobe White. Um, so one of those two guys, whether it be Mays or Flynn, I think would be awesome in the second round. I like what you said about Skylar Mays, but I think his, uh, I think the, at 44, I take Emmanuel quickly. Everything you said really? about Mays. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty high on him, honestly. He's, he does everything like you said about Mays. Um, he's a very good free throw shooter. He's underrated defensively. And he's, he's younger. Not, yeah, he knocked down some big shots at Kentucky. He was kind of their go-to guy, honestly. Um, I think he played really – I think he's extremely underrated. Um, I mean, I, I – I, yeah, right. I don't need his defense in the second round. I think he's a guy that can come in. Once he gets his feet wet, I think he can kind of be a good pro player, like understand the spacing and stuff because he's athletic enough where he can blow by guys and his ball handling is good enough where he can take people off the dribble. And I think he's a, a decent spot-up shooter. So I, I kind of like him. I Skyler Mace, too. I mean, he was knocked down on those teams. Um, I just think – you know, if you're going to take a risk in the second, or not a risk, but take a shot on somebody, I, I take a guy like quickly who, I mean, <laughs> taking UK players pans out for pretty much everybody. So, look at the Heat. I mean, <laughs> except for the Bulls, a la yeah. Marquise Teague, first mm. round 2012 NBA draft. Yikes. Well, you could have had Kendall Marshall, it would have been the same too. So, yeah. I'm a Kendall fan. If you're listening, Kendall, I'm sorry. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, agreed. All right. So, I will stick with – I'll go Killian Hayes and Skylar Mays. I'll go Obi Toppin and Emmanuel quickly. See, I love the idea of Obi Toppin. Um, you know, like you said, the athleticism, the dunking skill set. But if they draft Obi Toppin, that's the end of Laurie Markkinen. That's it. He's not a bull anymore. And I do worry about the fact that, like, Dayton had to hide him a lot on defense, which Anthony Grant did a fantastic job of, by the way. Yeah. Um, but – and maybe a lot of that was because he had to play the five there. But laterally, the way he moves really worries me. Closing out on shooters is not a good sign because he just the one pump fake and he is it's wide open yeah. lane every time. I get it. I mean, it's four is a t- like it's a tough spot taking at four. If you're in the late lottery, you're you know eight, nine, ten, you can take a risk on somebody. But number four, you're getting the top four or five players obviously in the draft. Like you miss, it's gonna hurt because you'll be taken there again next year. So yeah, like when they took Marcus Pfizer and then amnestied him. Mm. well yeah in that case we're gonna go wrap the bulls up there so if you're keeping our tabs like i said we are rolling along with this draft going through the top so next would be the cavaliers and the hawks and i'm not excited about either one of those teams for the future even though i love trey young but um those are kind of the next group there. So thank you all for tuning in, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on you know YouTube, it's on their standard uh, podcast feeds. Um, hope you guys have been enjoying these mini-sodes, but we're out and have a good night. Peace. Last week with the Bulls, um, you had the Bulls selecting Obi Toppin. 
I had the bull selecting Killian Hayes. Um, according to everything I'm reading, we're both wrong. It seems like it's going to be Denny Avija. And guess what? When it is Denny Avija, I won't be a Bulls fan anymore. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. I have a hard time getting excited for a wing that shoots 58% from the line. Yeah, that's oof. That's tough. Yeah. I would rather get the point guard that can get Kobe White the ball off screens and let him work his magic. Yeah, sounds, sounds like a win to me. Yeah. So at five, we have the Cleveland Cavaliers who are terrible. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah. Um, their roster makes no sense. You look at the three bigs they have between Kevin Love, Andre Drummond, and Tristan Thompson. Uh, Tristan Thompson is going to be a UFA, so there is a possibility he plays somewhere else. Um, but apparently the Cavs are very interested in bringing him back because, sure, I saw a tweet that the Cavs are looking to bring in Mike, uh, Michael Kid Gilchrist and um, Pat Connaughton. Yeah, Pat Connaughton. There was somebody else, and I was like, why tweet that out? Like, who's, who's going to read that and get excited and be like, yes, yes, who have uh, big spending in free agency? Let's get three guys that will never help us. So, yeah, which no disrespect to my boy, Pat Connaughton, by any means. Right. But yeah, if I'm him coming from Milwaukee, who is just the one seed in the East who I know had a disappointing end of their season playing for Portland the year, you know, his tenure before where he was in the playoffs, you know, quite a bit. I'm not going to Cleveland. I'm just, yeah. I'm just not. No. Yeah. Um, this is a team that has a lot of, so the guard situation is obviously the weirdest between Sexton and Garland. Uh, the idea I think was they wanted to have their, then be the Portland Trailblazers as light with David Lillard and CJ McCollum. And those guys are certainly not that um, neither of those guys like to pass the ball or know what passing is. Yeah. Um, so that. What a mess! Big... What a mess with Beeline, by the way. Yeah, all of that was that. Holy shit! When he tried to say it, like he called them thugs, and he was like slugs. Yeah. Slugs. I'm like, and, no. and, then, and then a week later, he's like, "I'm gonna quit coaching." Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna take a job in the front office. So. Yeah. And he's like, "Maybe I'll go back to Michigan." Like, nah, man, we really like Juwan Howard. He's great. Yeah. How funny would that have been if Juwan would have left for an NBA job and Beeline would have came back? That'd been oh, wild. It'd been awesome. It'd have been so yeah. funny. Um, so the God, there's so much this team needs. And, um, you know, the biggest thing obviously for me is like, are you guys ever going to trade Kevin love this whole, it's just not going to work. He's not Minnesota Kevin love anymore. Unfortunately, when LeBron and Kyrie left, you know, he's had his opportunities has been hurt. Um, you know, your spacing on your team makes no sense. I do like some of their young guys like Kevin Porter jr. I do like, um, I think he'll be a fine NBA player. I don't know what his role will be in the NBA. I'm not thinking he's an all-star by any means, but talented, very talented. Yeah. Um, that's a contribute on a winning team somewhere. So yeah. Dylan Windler, who was hurt last year, who I loved from Belmont, um, really good shooter, really good bench scorer for them, hopefully. Um, <laughs> but in this draft, when you look at needs, the answer for the Cavs is everything just about. And I know I've already bitched about like their size, not making any sense. So maybe my pick here doesn't make any, any sense for them at all, but I just have this feeling that they're going to want to sell tickets for when fans can be back in arenas. And they'll be like, man, Obi Toppin was like two hours away from here. Um, He dunks a lot. He, you know, has the Ohio fan base already. We're picking him at five and I don't get the pick at all, but He's better than Jetty Osman, I think, already. I think, he's, um, I think he's closer to Larry Nance than he is to what they want him to be. Yeah, and that's another point, too. I like Larry Nance. If I was a yeah. team that was contending, I would trade for Larry Nance to be a role player on my team because he gives you everything he's got. He's yeah. a very good athlete. But, yeah, I agree with you. Obi Toppin's pro comp being Larry Nance is very fair. Um, 
I think Obi Toppin has a tendency to be. This is with all due respect. I think he's a great talent. He's fun to watch play. You know it's going to be bad a, when you say that. <laughs> I think he has a tendency to be slightly overrated. And this Definitely. isn't like, I understand he's AP player of the year last year, but. Shouldn't have been. Like, yeah, but like lateral quickness, none. Yeah. Um, Dayton had to play him at center to hide him. He was so bad defensively. Yeah, but yeah, you'll look. The dunks are fun. The shooting, the shooting's there. He's a really good pick and pop player, but. I don't rest. I don't necessarily know. Like these people have this idea that like Obi Toppin's going to come in and you know has like all star potential and things like that. And I think he's going to be good, but I don't necessarily know if that's like my face of the franchise guy. Yeah, I'm not. I, I, I kind of to counter that, I like a guy on the wing. Um, I'm with you that you know he could he come in sell tickets. They, they might think more economic, like the business side of it rather than, cause I mean, let's be honest, their Cavs are many, many, many years away from competing again. Yes. The, the build of their roster right now. Um, but I like a guy similar to Toppin, like Isaac Okoro from Auburn. I feel okay. like he's, he's a more safer pick kind of like Toppin where he can do Far a lot of defender. good stuff for it. Yeah. He, I think he's just more over all around better player um, and more complete player. And I feel like when you're trying to draft for the future and you're trying to draft to become relevant and getting him in there, getting him some playing time in a decent division um, kind of be you can solidify your future going forward with him just because he is a guy that he only averaged like 15 and 5 last year, but he didn't really have the ball in his hand a lot. He's the guy that's going to get you a lot of offensive rebounds, a lot of putbacks, stuff like that. And he's a really good defender. So I'll go to the yeah. safer route. You got the flashy route, which is pretty fair. I can see him going either way. So yeah, I agree. Um, I think Isaac Okora makes a ton of sense for them. I know he was kind of linked to the Bulls for a while. I wasn't in love with him with the Bulls, um, but only for like other reasons. Um, you know, I do worry about his three-point shooting ability. I do worry yeah. about, you know, his his man-to-man skills at times. I think he's a good team defender, but an individual defender frightens me at times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the fact that per 36 minutes, he shot 29% from three is pretty rough. Um, but in this draft, I think that you're not really looking for... I know every draft you're quote-unquote looking for a franchise player. I don't think there's many, if any, in this draft. Maybe I was going to say. I, uh, but I, I get the pick, you know, um, hopefully it's Denny Avija and the bulls take, don't take Denny Avija. Do you hear me, Billy Donovan? Please listen. Do you hear me? Please listen. We don't want Denny. We already have enough guys that just dribble around all the time and can't score from the free throw line. We don't need more. I think if that happens, like, I'm just going to go full fledged Laker fan. I'm just like, all in just cash in that's probably fair yeah yeah um now we have the hawks and i think this pick is like the ultimate like easy pick for this draft um you know we took james wiseman to to we both did to golden state i think i take onyeko kungu here i know they already have Same. john collins yeah. i know they already have uh Clint Clint Capella, Capella. but I think Okungwu, as far as like the up- offensive upside, is terrific here. Uh, you have that big man, little man game with him and Trey Young that you can build off of. He's going to be your best defender, bes- you know, besides Capella, like immediately. They won, um, right? Yeah. So I, I really like Okungwu for them. Um, I wouldn't like him really higher or lower necessarily. Like, you know, if he drops to Detroit at seven, I don't love that pick for the Pistons. Uh, but if he goes to the Bulls at four, I don't love that pick for the Bulls. Like, I think, I think right here at six with Atlanta 
it's just the perfect situation for him. Yep, I agree. Everything you said. Um, the only other guy I can maybe pencil in here is Devin Vassell, but we talked about him at the beginning of our ACC pod or in the middle of our ACC pod. Um, you know, his shooting form changing is game changing. I mean, he's you know that's one of the things he relies on. He's a very good athlete. I could see him playing um, on the wing, but you drafted Cam Rush for a reason, so you kind of yeah. want to let him develop. So I think I'm with you. Okungwu is the home run pick. Very easy for him. Not even Cam Reddish, but like DeAndre Hunter was in that draft too. Yeah. They got them both, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Kevin, Kevin Herter's on that good. team. Yeah. You have Trey Young. Um, so the wing's good. Yeah, exactly. So and you're just young. kind of building your depth. And like yeah. this team wants to build their team like the Warriors. And so yeah. like this is like, you know, a total pick that makes sense for that kind of move. That's, that's a move I can see like the Warriors making. I just, I think Wiseman's, you know, NBA talent upside is just far higher than his. Right. Um, the Cavs do not have a second round pick. That's why we didn't talk about that. Uh, the Hawks do pick at 50 and Tankathon hasn't taken Emmanuel quickly. I think you had taken quickly already. Yeah. With an earlier team. So I was kind of looking at potential guys here. And one name that kept popping with me is Utah State's Sam Merrill. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who don't know who Sam Merrill is, he is a very skilled three-point shooter, shot 41% from the college three last year. Uh, assist to turnover ratio-wise, he's fantastic. He doesn't turn the ball over. He finds open players. Um, I don't necessarily know if this is a great superstar role player for the Hawks, but I think this is a depth pick for them. I like it 50 a lot. I think Sam Merrill is going to be a guy that's pretty underrated. Um, yeah. I think he could be a guy that has four, five, six solid years in the NBA in the right circumstance. Yeah, I like him. I like um, Isaiah Joe from Arkansas, and I like Elijah Hughes from um, Syracuse. All kind of similar. Um, yeah. Sam Merrill definitely shooting. Isaiah Joe and Elijah Hughes are kind of they're they're like DeAndre Hunter light. Um, they can do a lot of good things for you. An athletic guy. In second round, you're just trying to find the diamond in a rough. Find a guy right. that has some potential. Work through some some of his kinks and try to figure out if he's going to be a decent role player for you. Um, yeah, Sam Merrill, I kind of liked him like a Joe Harris, like going to come in and just knock down shots. Oh yeah, at, at yeah. nauseum. Um, so having him coming in, especially behind Herder, going to help him get some minutes. Um, you're not really missing a beat with having both those guys in your rotation. So. Yeah, I think truthfully the NBA, like I think the two teams that just played in the finals, you're gonna really see the league kind of move towards that as far as that that big size thing like the Lakers have that you saw them win the title with, and then on the Heat's end, just like not spending crazy money on like big time shooters. Like, you know, they got Tyler Hero in the 14th pick in the, in the draft, obviously. And, you know, Duncan Robinson just made himself a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Think he'll go back to the heat. I don't know, man. Yeah. Um, Some team will offer him. Yeah. He's going to get like 17, 18 million a year from someone. That's crazy. God, it's weird. Like, you know, not because like he doesn't deserve it because, He's awesome. Like he's been yeah. so good. Like talk about being a star in your role. That kid from I guess like Division three college to Michigan to undrafted to NBA final starter. Yeah. Right. And he had, kid, he, had a couple, he had a couple games this year where he well, he made like eight or nine threes. Like, holy shit, like this kid caught fire. Like he dunked on Kyle Kuzma and said in his face, that's an effing foul. And I was like, Yeah, yeah. Duncan, you yeah. do you, homie. Yeah. Call him Jimmy Neutron, but he's doing something right. So Yeah. I um I was did I tell you that story when I covered that uh, TBT a couple years ago in Columbus? Mm-mm. He was there. And like, I meant to like go and say hi to him and introduce myself. But like, Hey man, I have this pod. Love to have you on sometime. And like, every time I went to talk to him, ESPN would pull him to the side, be like, Hey, do you want to do an interview? And I was like, damn it. Yeah. They knew they saw the vision before we did, but we saw yeah. it first ESPN. Yeah. So. Like always. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think we can go ahead and wrap this up. So next week, SEC. And if you're keeping track with the draft, we will be at seven and eight. 
which are the Pistons and the Knicks. Oh boy, don't rush to listen to this episode. Oh man. Tough. Yeah, but thank you all for tuning in. It's been a lot of fun as always. Uh, we'll be back next week, and thank you all again. Have a good night. See ya.